Welcome to the Friend of God podcast. This is Aura and I am your host. I am so glad that you're here and if you're new here, hey, my mission is to equip people with the tools needed to help them flourish in their friendship with God. And my prayer is that today, this episode will help you go deeper in your friendship with God as well as get a deeper revelation of his character. So I was actually thinking of what my first episode should be. And I thought to myself, since the name of this podcast is Friend of God, why not start off talking about how to build a friendship with God? You know, I believe it's quite fitting for a first episode. And I'm actually going to be diving a little bit into my story and how far God has brought me. Also, just a disclaimer, I will probably be sharing snippets of my story in different episodes because it is so long. So I was born in Nigeria and I lived there for about 15 years of my life. Both my parents are Christians, so you can see that I did grow up in a Christian household. And although my parents did their very best to make sure that, you know, I had a foundation on God, I would say that I actually never knew that I could be in a relationship with God and partner with him like a friend. It was just a very weird concept for me. And I vividly remember watching a Christian YouTuber. I don't remember her name, but I remember asking God, like, why don't I know you like she does? And this chick was actually talking about how she could hear God speak. And I was like, huh? Anyways, I ended up rededicating my life to Jesus on December 31st, 2016. But even still, I didn't understand what intimacy with him looked like. In the beginning of my journey, it was super exciting, you know, getting to know more about this God, reading my Bible, going to church, etc. But it was like all the time my passion went out. It was like I was hot once and then I was cold. It honestly made me so, so frustrated. And I remember doing version Bible plans. Shout out to them because those plans are actually amazing. But in those days, I did those plans because of streaks. And if you know, you know. For years, my relationship wasn't actually intimate with God. I had no prayer life, no hunger for him, no passion. I didn't even know Jesus's heart. You know, I would pick up my Bible, but my carnal mind couldn't actually comprehend what I was reading. It was so boring. Like when I say boring, guys, I mean boring. It was so boring to me. I couldn't receive the truth from God's spirit because then I wasn't walking in like this consciousness that, you know, I have the mind of Christ. And in order for me to even know that I have a mind of Christ, I need to be in an intimate friendship with him. But sometime in 2018, I did have a revelation, which is what I'm going to share. So we're going to be going back to the OT today. We're going to be going back to the OT. And what do I mean by OT? I mean, Old Testament. So just in case, Throughout this podcast, you hear me say OT, just now I'm talking about Old Testament because I feel like it's so long for me to pronounce, especially if I've been talking for such a long time. But yes, we're going to be diving into the Old Testament today. And, you know, when I was reading the Old Testament, I saw that, you know, a lot of people weren't actually friends of God. But we had a few people in the Old Testament that that were actually named and called friends of God, like Abraham, Job. David was even called the man after God's own heart. And David is my best friend. I love that guy so much. But these were friends of God. And these people were people that experienced God in an intimate level. 
they experience God so intimately. They have like an experiential knowledge of who God is. But what happened to the other people? <laughs> the people that weren't um, classified as friends of God, what happened to them? How did they communicate with God? These were questions that I was asking myself. And so when you go back, you see that these people actually needed a priest to talk to God. Like they needed somebody to talk to God. They needed to talk to a priest to talk to God. So basically, if you and I were living in the Old Testament, we would have a priest that would represent us. According to Hebrews 5.1, this priest would actually present our gifts to God and offer sacrifices for our sins. Oh, and he also had to offer sacrifices for his own sin. And another thing is that this priest could actually meet with God only once in a year. Only once in a year. Isn't that crazy? That he could only meet with God once in a year in the Holy of Holies. And so usually what he would do is that, he, would, like I said, he would get our presents. He would get our sacrifices for our sins. And then he would go to the Holy of Holies. He would pass the veil and enter the presence of God. Nobody else was allowed to enter the presence of God. Nobody else was allowed to enter the Holy of Holies. Nobody else was allowed to pass that veil. And that means like God is so holy. God is so holy. His presence is so holy. It was that it was actually only the appointed priest that was allowed to speak with him. You know, I believe that Aaron was one of those people that had this privilege. Moses was another person that, you know, had the privilege. And the only time he went to speak to God and came out, his face would actually shine. His face would shine because of how holy God was. You can read this in Exodus. But then we see that Jesus came and Jesus rewrote the story. Jesus changed everything. Jesus changed this tradition. Matthew says that the moment Jesus, you know, was crucified and he cried out and yielded his spirit on the cross, that veil from the temple was cut from the top to the bottom. That veil did not exist anymore. The moment Jesus cried out, he tore that veil. So that veil that I was talking about that prevents people from getting into the Holy of Holies. When Jesus was crucified and he cried out, he yielded his spirit. The veil was torn from the top to the bottom. That veil did not exist anymore. And what does this mean? What does this signify? This signifies that there was no longer separation between God and man. There was no longer separation with between God and man. This is a privilege, guys. Because of Jesus, there was no separation. There is no separation between God and you. God and me. There is no more separation. Because of Jesus, we can always come to God. His blood now actually covers everyone's past, present, and future sin. You know how I said the priest always had to get our sacrifices and present them to God? No. That, that it doesn't need to be done anymore. It doesn't need to be done because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. No other sacrifice is needed. Jesus is our ultimate high priest. And you can read more about this in Hebrews 23, I believe. But when I read this, I realized that, oh my God, this is a privilege. This is a privilege that I am taking for granted. 
people in the past could not communicate with God. They needed to talk to a high, a, a priest that was also man. So that that priest would take whatever they needed to say to God. But now I get to have communication with God. I get to have that friendship with God. And I'm taking this for granted. This is a privilege. Communication, friendship with God is a privilege that a lot of people in the Old Testament didn't get to experience. Knowing God is a privilege. Knowing God is a privilege. And it's something that we actually should not, never, never, ever take for granted. If there's anything that you're going to leave with today from this podcast is that you being able to talk to God you being able to pray and your prayers actually get sent to heaven is a privilege. When I thought about that, I was like, I've been taking prayer so unseriously. Guys, guys, God loves us so much. God loves you so much that he said, I don't want communication to not be there between me and this woman or me and this man I want to be able to talk to her I want to be able to communicate with him and he sent Jesus and the moment he sent Jesus the moment Jesus died that veil was torn there was communication communication was restored and we take this for granted if there is one thing you live with today (laughs) is that knowing God is a privilege Knowing God is a privilege that we should not take for granted. Praying is a privilege. You may be thinking to yourself, okay, I understand that, you know, I have to have a friendship with God. I understand that I need to be intimate with him. I understand that this is a privilege for me. And I don't want to take that for granted anymore. So how do I build this friendship with God? How do I partner with him? Number one. Knowing God and his character should be your number one priority. Knowing God and his character should be your number one priority. Your number one priority in every single aspect of your life. You know, I had to be so honest with myself that God wasn't my priority. There were so many other things in this world that I spent my time on, that I wasted my time on when I could have been getting to know God more. And one thing I want you to know that I had to stick in my head is that knowing God is not any other person's responsibility but mine. I can't not keep blaming my lack of time. I can't keep blaming school. I can't keep blaming someone else. I needed to take ownership for my relationship with God. And so do you. You need to take ownership for your relationship with God. You need to take ownership for your friendship with God. We're just going to go to John 17, 3. John 17, 3. In John 17, 3, we find Jesus praying to God. And he says, this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. This is the way to have eternal life. Jesus is praying and giving us a formula to have eternal life, which is what matters. This life on earth here, it doesn't matter. That's something that I had to keep reiterating to myself. That this life on earth here, it doesn't matter. Am I sowing into my 
natural life or am I sowing into my internal life? Because in eternity, we're going to be with Jesus. We're going to be with God there. So what am I doing here on earth to prepare me for that moment in eternal life? Jesus gave us the formula. He said the way to have eternal life is to know God and to know Jesus. And I had to ask myself, do I know God? Do I know Jesus? Do I know what his character is like? Do I know what his word says? Do I know what his intentions are for me? Do I know what his plans are for me? Do I know what his plans are for the people around me? Do I know what his plans are for the church? Jesus doesn't say this is the way to have eternal life, to find a kingdom spouse. He doesn't say this is the way to have eternal life. To be a successful business owner. He doesn't say this is the way to have eternal life. To ace your exams. He doesn't say this is the way to have eternal life. You know to have everybody in the world like you. And to be famous with a million followers. He doesn't say any of that. The way to have eternal life. Is to know God and to know Jesus. We as human beings. Were created to know God. Whether you're a believer. Or an unbeliever. God created you. So you were created to know God. And until you know God or until you are in the process of continuously and continually knowing God, you would always feel purposeless. That's something I found about me. And I'm sure a lot of people may feel that way. When you're in the word, when you're getting to know God more, you feel more vitalized. It's like there's something going on in your spirit that you're just like, oh my God, there's something different. There's something different. There's something happening in the spirit realm. It's because that's what you were made to do. You were made to know God. That is your first purpose here on earth. If you wake up today and you know God better than you did yesterday, my friend, I'm telling you that you're doing amazing. You are doing amazing. You are building a friendship with him. And you know, this is something that gives me comfort in life. Because sometimes I wake up and I'm just like, God, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to attend to my responsibilities. But when I know Christ, when I choose to know him, choose to know his character in his word, choose to know his intentions for me, that propels me that actually flows into my natural life that actually flows into my natural life philippians 3 8 says that paul says everything is worthless compared with the infinite value of knowing jesus christ everything is worthless compared with the infinite value of knowing jesus christ everything is worthless so meaning that knowing jesus christ is on the top Knowing Jesus Christ is on the top and has an infinite value. A value that never dies. That value is infinite. It never dies. It's always there. It has value. It's not like a money that would reduce in value. It is always there. High valued. Highly priced. Worth it. Knowing Christ is the number one priority for us. 
if I know Jesus better today than I did yesterday, then my day holds value. But if I wake up and I didn't know Jesus, if I didn't know Jesus, if I didn't catch a glimpse of his character, if I didn't catch a glimpse of his intention, if I didn't catch a glimpse of his abilities, if I didn't catch a glimpse of his heart, any of these, then that day is just not worth anything. It's, it has no value. It has no value whatsoever. So let me tell you. Let's take our eyes off of what this world gives us. Let's take our, our eyes off of money. 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 Money is amazing. Let me not lie. It is amazing. But it's how you value it that is destructive to you. Let Jesus Christ, let God be on the throne of your life in your heart. Let's not rely on church services, sermons, um, podcasts like this. Don't rely on this for your spiritual food. It's not going to work. I'm telling you, it is not going to work. Take your time to know God. Take your time to study him. Study his character. Know Jesus. Because these are things that hold so much value. These are things that we will take with us to heaven when we die. Second point for building a friendship with God is to check your values. I think about it all the time. And I think about the few friends that I have. And I realize how important it is for my friends and I to actually have the same values. Like when we have the same values, there is that intimacy in our friendship. And it is the same for your friendship with God. It is the same, guys. Let's not overcomplicate it. If God is important to you, you need to have the same values as he does. James 4.4 tells us that a friend of God cannot be a friend of the world. A friend of God cannot be a friend of the world. Meaning that a friend of God can actually not have the value systems of the world. Jesus loved the world that he died for the world. He loved the world, but he did not have the value systems of the world because Jesus was connected to God. So as a friend of God, we cannot have value systems of this world. And this is something that, you know, I had to realize. This is something that I had to sit with God and ask him like, hey, God, what values, what values do I have that are not of you? What values do you want me to adopt? And maybe sometime down the line, I will talk about like values of God and the values that I had to adopt. And I'm still trying to adopt because I believe that this Christian walk is a sanctification process. It's something that's continuously going until we get to heaven. So we are constantly being in the process that makes us look like Jesus. And that involves, that includes, you know, getting rid of certain value systems and adopting certain value systems. But you cannot even adopt a certain value system if you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus, which is why I keep saying knowing God is your number one priority. It should be your number one priority. So I encourage you to sit with God so he can reveal to you what value systems need to go and what value systems need to be adopted 
you sit with him you ask him you sit there and you listen don't just ask and then jump up and leave like you gotta listen bro you gotta listen so when you ask you sit down and you listen and then because you are friends with him you walk in partnership with him to adopt the value system that he has told you that you need in your life you walk with him you partner with him when situations arise that in, that need you to have that value tell him god my flesh is saying no what do i do help me help me friends i encourage you i encourage you to sit with god to sit with him he will reveal so much to you i'm telling you you're not going to regret it at all third point on how to build a friendship with god is to talk to him all the time first thessalonians 5 17 is a verse that a lot of us are very aware of it says never stop praying literally never stop praying never never prayer is talking to god involve god in your day-to-day life that is how you never stop praying you never stop talking to god you involve him in your day-to-day life but how can you do that how can you do that you need to ask god for a conscious awareness that his spirit is with you when you are aware that someone is with you constantly you are you know that you can talk to the person at any time that the person is available that the person is right there right next to you you see god is not just meant to be like in your morning routine and then your night routine and then you forget him in the middle you forget him when you go to work you forget him when you go to school you forget him when you go to the gym you forget him when you know you're meal prepping you forget him when you're playing with your kids you forget him when you're watching a show no that's not the way it's meant to be he's meant to be in every activity in our day-to-day life this is something that i was so guilty of that i would spend time with god in the morning but not throughout my day what is the purpose of spending time with god throughout your day when you spend time with god throughout your day when you involve him in your day-to-day life you give him the right to guide you you give him the right to lead you and this is why a lot of us are so confused in this generation actually because we don't talk to god in every aspect in every aspect of our day we don't talk to god that's why a lot of us are confused talk about your experiences with god i'm telling you i sometimes when i'm well not sometimes when i'm watching shows i'm always just like god this girl is doing too much (laughs) i literally was watching the bachelor um like yesterday night and I was like, God, please, I just don't want this girl to make it to the end. <laughs> She's doing a lot. Talk to God. He's your friend. He is your friend. Another of my experience when it comes to talking to God is when I lose my things. If you're like me, <laughs> you hate losing your things. I hate losing my things. It gives me... I don't want to say anxiety, but I just feel like a restlessness in my soul when I lose my things. I don't care if it's a pen, if it's a sock, if it's a jacket, 
if it is my phone i just hate it when i lose my things but when i lose them i just have gotten into the habit of just saying god (laughs) i lost this thing please show me where it is please let it show up please help me invite god into your life into your experiences when you're working out invite god that's something that i do like i told you guys if you listen to the trailer i love fitness i love anything related to fitness and until i knew that i could involve god i was just so lost in that aspect of life when i'm working out i tell god like bro (laughs) i can't do 15 minutes i really can't i need your strength strengthen me god because you know that I want to take care of my body. My body is your temple. Sometimes I don't want to work out. And sometimes God is like, rest. Rest. You need it. And I'm like, wow, you're the best friend ever. I'm just going to rest and not feel guilty because you told me to. I love it. And sometimes he's like, get up. <laughs> get up. That is what the beauty of friendship is. Talk about your experiences, guys, with God. Because he will guide you, he will lead you, and it is the sweetest friendship. When you walk with God, when you walk with the conscious awareness of the Spirit of God, loneliness is so far off. Loneliness is so far off. You don't think about the fact that, oh, I'm lonely because I don't have anybody physically. No. Talk with him all the time. So guys, my last point, which is one of my personal favorites, it is be honest with God. One person that actually modeled honesty to God is David. And I love him so much. And that is why I call him my best friend because I want to be like him. In the Psalms, we see David talking about his depression. We see David talking about how he had enemies. You know, David even... Sometimes we'll ask God, like, where are you? You're hiding from me today. Where are you? David was vulnerable. He was honest with God. And he was called a man after God's own heart. That is what true friendship is. That is what true friendship is. Being honest with God. Letting God see all the parts of you that you don't even want to show your friends. Or parts of you that you don't even want to show your family. And you know, a lot of people... Like me, I find it hard showing parts of myself to other people because people can be judgmental. But this is something that we need to know. God is not people. God's character is different from the character of man. I know firsthand how hard it is to be vulnerable. But with God, there is really no point hiding. Let's think about it. There is no point hiding. Like he already knows. So you might as well tell him everything. I believe in Psalms 139. It says like, you know my thoughts even before I think them. He knows your thoughts before you think them? Isn't that crazy? Before the thought comes into my brain, God already knows I killed this girl. I was actually going to think that. 
So why, why am I hiding from him? Why am I not being honest with him? Why am I not being vulnerable with him? Be honest with God. He is kind. He is good. He is the best friend you can ever ask for. He is the best friend you can ever ask for. When you have negative emotions, take them to him like David did. Don't negate your emotions. Take them to him. Take them to him and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling today. I need you to guide me. I need you to help me. What do I need to do? How do I navigate this emotion? Be honest with God. This is something that I am still learning because man let's talk about emotions emotions are so real and i don't ever want to negate my emotions because negating them just leaves room for more destruction and the enemy to just come in and do damage but when you take them to god when you bring them to light when you're honest god has something to work with he will work with you he will partner with you to figure out that emotion and to navigate it. Be honest with God, guys. Be honest with God. If you do something bad, be honest with him. Don't run away from him. Do not run away from him. I remember one time I was in a situation where I was rude to someone. Out of anger, actually. And after that call, I felt so bad. And immediately I went to God and I said, God, I actually did this. You know, it's wrong. I don't know why I did it. It was just in the heat of the moment. And he spoke to me. That is what true friendship looks like. Showing parts of yourself that you may not show to anybody else. Intimacy. Intimacy with God. Do not neglect it, guys. Do not neglect it. Be honest with God. Be honest with Him. So, guys, these are just four ways that I believe that we can develop a friendship with God. These are ways that I have developed my friendship with God. And honestly, by no means is this list exhaustive. Like, there's so many other ways to build a friendship with God. It is a friendship. It is a relationship with him. And God's spirit is so dynamic. So do not limit him. Just make sure that that is your priority. Knowing him is your priority. And my prayer for you is that these words don't just enter into one ear and pass out the other. I'm praying that, you know, you do not just be a listener, but a doer. And I encourage you to actually put these into practice. You know, knowledge is power. But without action, it is so useless. So thank you so much, guys, for sticking with me and making it through and making it this far. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Bye.